0: Everyone and welcome to a special episode of the Sunny 16 podcast. It's me, Graham, here with the wonderful Rachel.
1: <laughs> Hello.
0: <laughs> and just the two of us this week because we're here to briefly let you know about our adventure that we went on this weekend. Just gone. We had a good time, didn't we, Rach?
1: We did. It was amazing. Um, it honestly, like a proper highlight of my summer so far, um, was getting to go along to the um, uh, to. John Whitmore's Dark Shed um, in the Midlands as part of the Warwickshire Open Studios um, programme.
0: Yeah, it was great. We hoped to have a lovely analogue barbecue. Um, Unfortunately, the weather had other plans.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I did. It is British
0: summertime. What can we expect?
1: Probably that. Probably exactly what we got, I think, is what we would expect. Um, It was rather chilly, cloudy, a little bit rainy, but the sun did come out for possibly about eight minutes and gave us um gave us a show, um and then went back in again. <laughs>
0: yeah. Not quite long enough, sadly, for the planned cyanotypes that yeah. John had hoped we'd been doing. I think he'd hoped that we'd sort of do some cyanotypes, do some um solography, we uh, yeah. well obviously not do much solography, just doing a day but me you and know, make some <laughs> and um uh do some darkroom printing as well. And in the end We mostly either ate food and drank or hid in the dark shed because of the weather. But those were both fun things to do.
1: Absolutely. And lots of chat as well. And I think that's the important thing. Um, At one point, there was a... Um, well, um, their poor sort of dining table was completely groaning under the weight of all the fantastic-looking cameras that were there. I didn't actually get chance to um, sit and have a little look through them and, and really find out what was there, but maybe you did, I think.
0: OK, so I saw a few cameras that were there. Um, and when the of, as we're going through this, we can refer to some of the people who were there. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't get everybody's name who was there, and, and some of the names I did get I probably forgot because I'm an arse. Um, <laughs> but uh, cameras I did see, so... Um, Meredith was there who uh, I can't remember what her Twitter handle is maybe you can remember h um but I'll find uh, it okay <laughs> sorry. um sorry um but she had a beautiful uh, polaroid 250 i think it was really nice uh, that was there somebody there had a hasselblad i don't know who was shooting with the hasselblad might have been uh, mark hickford who was also there um mm-hmm. What was... Simon Forster was there. He brought his baby Rolly. you said. That's right. He did bring his baby Rolly. He also had his Sinar um, 4x5 camera, uh, which was very nice. I don't think he took a single picture with that, or indeed the baby <laughs> Rolly, but you know, he brought them to show them off. Um, Hamish, Hamish Gill was there. I think he had a digital Leica. Uh, I suspect that that's what he was rocking on the day.
1: Ah, um, is that what it was? Excellent. Yeah. Um, what else? We I'm had Steve Lloyd, yeah, of course, from Chroma Camera. We had um, uh, we had Neil Piper, of course,
0: yeah. Now Neil was... had his OM something or other. probably OM one with him. And Steve... I think it was
1: his OM one, actually. Yeah. yeah. What did what did um, Steve bring? He brought a Chroma. He brought a
0: Chroma, yeah, which I had a good play with. Those are, those are really lovely cameras. Those Chromas. Yeah. <laughs> so did oh, you get a chance to
1: have a little look at it?
0: I did. I had a good play with it. Um, yeah. Um, really there was nice an Intrepid
1: on the table as well, wasn't there?
0: Right. There was an 8x10 Intrepid, yes, that's Who's that was that? John's That's John's 8x10 Intrepid, his big boy, yeah. Um, <laughs> and Hillary uh, had bought with her um, some of the old cameras, the old plate cameras that she... I, think, I don't know whether anybody remembers, but she got in touch asking about whether it's worth getting these repaired. I think she's got the one of them repaired. And the other one is a real old um, uh, field camera, plate field camera kind of thing, which I don't think she'd even realised was a camera until quite recently, because it was all folded up. I think she thought it was just a box or something else that Mm. was with plates in it, because it was all beautiful and wood. And then it sort of opened and went, oh, it's another camera. it's a beautiful Um,
1: camera. Yeah. yeah. It it was her dad's quarter plate, wasn't it, one of them?
0: Yes, that's right. I think that one she's actually got fixed up and working now. So
2: Fantastic.
0: Yeah. Um, and yes, there were some other bits and pieces. Dunstan was there. I didn't see what camera Dunstan bought, but I'm sure he bought something lovely. <laughs> and um, was it Stuart, the other gentleman who came down uh, with
1: Hamish? Uh, I think so, yes.
0: Yeah. Yes. And there were a couple of other gents there. who I uh, uh, Richard, actually, I do remember. I got Richard's name. And the other gentleman, I did not get his name. So uh, apologies. Um, the, you, know, you know who we should be giving the biggest shout out and thanks to, who will almost certainly never hear this? Anne Marie. Anne Marie. John's <laughs> incredible, patient wife who welcomed this bunch of riffraff and all of their <laughs> cameras into her house on a rainy day and made us feel very welcome.
1: Absolutely. She was just just wonderful. Um I think one of my actually one of my favourite moments of the day was because um, Steve Lloyd um, and myself um, went down there together from from Skousland, obviously from Liverpool. Um, Steve was very kind uh, and gave me a lift uh, from Port Sunlight down to the Midlands, so we got there a little bit earlier, a little bit before everybody else. And uh, turned up to uh, to find John. We were like, so I, I did check with Steve and Said he, he does know that we're coming a bit earlier, doesn't he? We don't want to turn up in the middle of um, him, him thinking, I'm just getting ready, you know, because there's nothing worse than people arriving a bit early and sort of catching you on the back foot. But he said it's okay. He knows. Um, but Anne Marie was out um, off down the road um, uh, doing something else. And then and then actually when she when she arrived, um, quite a few other people had al- already arrived at this point. Um, and, uh, I saw, I saw her sort of like shadow behind the door and I thought, I'll open the door for because it was absolutely pouring with rain at this point. I was like, hi, welcome to your house. Mm. (laughs) It's like the weirdest little like, um, way of, uh, of welcoming somebody for meeting somebody for the first time, opening the door to them from their own house. Um, but it was super lovely to, uh, to meet her. She was just fantastic. And, um, she kept making my dad lovely cups of tea and things. So, uh, so he was very happy as well. Um, and uh, I, I generally, um, when I was sort of like popping in and out from room to room or in and out of the dark shed, I'd be like, "Where's my dad?" I'll just go and check. He'd be sitting chatting with Amory in the in the kitchen. So uh, that was lovely.
0: Yes, and she did make us lots of lovely food. And Hillary bought uh, millionaire shortbread as well. They didn't she?
1: were amazing. I, and and I, I love I love like I mean, you you really always get this. Um, I say. I presume you always have this option that there's just always homemade millionaire shortbread there because Sinead makes incredible millionaire shortbread at home. If
0: only that were true, if oh, only the so is she sorry. makes it all at work and uh, then doesn't make any at home. <laughs>
1: and they eat it all, do they? Yeah. Um but yeah, it was it was lovely, delicious, just just like that. So thank you so much, Hilary. That was um, Fantastic pudding <laughs> as well. We're making everybody hungry who's listening to this, aren't we?
0: <laughs> yeah. I'd say another thing, that which I don't want to skip over. I'm not sure, Rach. You might have been in the dark room when this was happening, mm. but we also had a special Skyped in uh, conversation. Well, I say conversation. It was more a conversation that from Dave, uh, David from the Danger Boys, who. Oh tuned yes, I in. missed
1: this. Yeah. Yeah.
0: He tuned in to chat to us a bit about the project. Um, let us know how it was all going. And mm-hmm. there was even. Um, uh, a cut down version of the film for us to oh. watch um, oh. yeah, Just it, it's very rough cut and condensed version um, and basically just letting them know that it's all going well uh, but they could really still do with some help to get them over the edge there financially mm. so um, if you are able uh, don't forget about Tanky McGon shot um, <laughs> so that was really cool um, but the dark room stuff really was the highlight of the day I think for most people wasn't it
1: it was fantastic it was, um, I mean what, what a shed what a dark shed, it was enormous Dark shed, um, which was fantastic because it just really gave you the opportunity to um um to have quite a few people in there at once uh and everybody who wanted to get a chance to see part of the process was able to kind of like get close to it um and uh and yeah we kind of just took it in turns to create some prints um it's like Steve was saying to me on the way back, because um, I think that was the first time he'd made a print or, or done the darkroom side of things, Yeah. from the, from the printing side anyway. Um, he was just saying how uh, fascinating it was to see that actually the vast majority of the time um, goes into actually setting it up and guessing um, all of the things in place to begin with. Um, and then once you've got your shot, sort of shot, your base um, print they're ready um obviously do your test strip and then you can kind of print as many as you like and make sort of small adjustments each time if you want to but the vast majority of the timing um the time um sort of um part of that of making a print in the darkroom it's the pre-production almost you know it's the, it's the prepping and getting it all set and ready um and then once you've got it right and as you want it then you can kind of make as many prints as you like
0: yeah yeah that's certainly true although it was interesting because um and i think you will hear this in the audio coming up um the thing that john really sort of pushed was this idea of you know get the print actually where you want it to be and i think this was a really important thing it was it was interesting because i was in there when steve was making his print i think i turned Mm. up just as that started and as we, anybody who's made a print will know this thing. When you first see a print come up, like, oh my goodness, that's my picture. That's fantastic. I'm so happy I've done it. Uh, and John was very quick to go. Well, have we done it? Is that actually you know what do you want? And and Steve like, oh yeah, I like it. It's great the way it is. But then they went a couple of steps further. They tried a couple of different iterations. Steve mm-hmm. had to go at some dodging and burning. But as mentioned before, struggled because he's got very small hands. Um, <laughs>
1: it's not and, true. <laughs>
0: He said it. He said I'm struggling because of my small hands. Mm-hmm. I'm not anyway. So small hand Steve did a few things, and so in the end, the print that he got was quite a lot better than the first one he got, which he was really happy with. And mm-hmm. it just t- shows that difference. So it was great having John going through that whole thing step by step to go from not just getting a print but to getting a good print yeah. and the print that really reflects what you want from the image. Um, and. The, bit, the nice thing is, for anybody who's interested in any of this stuff, you had a go at printing, didn't you, Rach? And we
1: recorded the whole thing. That's true, we did. Um, uh, so hopefully you'll you'll have had a chance to go through and sort of tidy it up a little bit and make it a bit more listenable too. Because obviously it was recorded live, so it was just as we were, as we were going, as we were actually... Um, we wanted some sort of step-by-step almost in order to help um, talk through... Uh, the process and so that listeners who've maybe not had a chance to ever do this before get a bit of a sense of what it might be like to be in the dark room and having a go yeah
0: so hopefully this will be of interest to you it was fascinating being there just as an onlooker and um, yeah I really can't think of any way short of being in the dark room yourself that you're going to get an mm-hmm. idea of what goes into making a print step by step right from the very beginning mm-hmm. so shall we slot that in now Rach
1: that sounds like a good plan to me
0: Oh, lovely. Oh, well, we should also mention, because we'll probably put this on kind of directly afterwards. Um, as mentioned before, Hamish Gill was there. And if you're wondering, did I go and bother Hamish Gill? I most certainly did. I thrust the microphone into his face. So we've also got a bit of Hamish Gill for you to listen to. And I think Simon's on there as well. So, you know, all the celebs are out. You've got
3: filter tray, but to adjust the aperture, you have to put, a, put your finger in on the bar and do that.
1: Okay, Sorry. thank you.
0: Okay, so <clears throat> we are here in the dark shed of John Whitmore. It's this fantastic animal barbecue. Um, it's been far too wet to do any barbecuing today, sadly. Uh, but we've had good food nonetheless. So it's me, uh Rach is here.
2: Hi, I am.
0: And John's here. Hello. Uh, Rachel's there, yet? Hello. Hello. There you go, we're all here. <laughs> and we may well be getting joined by more people very soon, because we're about to watch Rachel make a darkroom print uh, under the... Um, Guiding eye of John here. So, what are you doing at the moment, John?
3: Uh, I am resetting the easel from Steve, he's just done a print, and we're going to do an 8x10 print.
1: Yeah, let's give it a go.
3: uh, From your 35mm negative. So, I'm just setting the blade so you get a small eighth of an inch border around the edge of it. So, what kit are you using here today? Uh, Oh, I don't know the name of the.
1: So. I can see that we have the Devere 504. There we go, enlarger. And this beautiful four blade uh, uh, easel, which is amazing. I can't believe all the amazing stuff that is in um, John's dark shed. It's just wonderful, isn't it? Like looking around and seeing we've got um, printer, uh, printer. what are these ones called again? Sorry, John. Uh, slot processors. Slot processors, which I've never seen before <laughs> or come it. across, which is great. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, it's just a fantastic space. You were looking at it before you, Graham, mm-hmm. and saying, yep, some of the, something like this would be amazing to uh, to build. Um, and we've watched Steve already this morning, Steve Lloyd, um, busy printing his yep. first, pr- first print in the dark room, which is amazing.
0: So how long have you been building this dark room up for then, John?
3: Uh, I built the actual building last summer but the stuff inside i've been collecting for about four years now four or five years mainly off ebay just wait till good offers come along um yeah like i started out really basic you know like in the bathroom shitty little enlarger you know um doing everything in trays. but over time just built up realized where things could be more optimized or easier because i do a lot of printing um so yeah just watch ebay a lot basically for uh, <laughs> for the cheap deals
0: okay so we're going to go through this process with um rachel's negatives now so uh what size negative we you using rachel
1: we've got 35 mil negative i shot these last weekend actually um as part of the photo walk the film Waster's photo walk um so i literally processed them last night and cut them and so i have not seen them i've not scanned them i don't know what they're going to come out like um the usual approach, I guess <laughs> you might say. Um, so yeah, we're going to have a little look at uh, one of these I've taken. Uh, I shot these these on my XA, my Olympus XA, and uh, this one in particular was taken in a bookshop in Shoreditch, and uh, it's got kind of like reflective ceilings, so we thought that might be kind of interesting. Steve's, um, who was working on his print earlier, his his was shot in Liverpool, and it was like um, a a sort of backlit scene looking out of a window over the Three Graces in Liverpool so we thought we'd try something a little bit different with this his was also medium format and so now we've got 35mm um, which has <laughs> been interesting for John because he's had to reset everything on the <laughs> enlarger which I didn't realise I'm so sorry John that's no, fine
0: <laughs> Yeah. okay so John can you explain why why you've had to reset things because we've gone from medium format to 35mm
3: so each format of negative we use a different focal length of enlarger lens for to get, I don't know how to describe it, to get the relative distance between the enlarger head and your easel for common sizes. So if you wanted to do a massive print you would use a different enlarger lens or a specialized like a wide angle one. Okay so for a 35mm negative we're using a 50mm lens, for the medium format negative we used an 80mm Um, wide-angle one because the different focal length offer different coverages for the different size of negative. So we put the 50mm lens in and also attached a filter holder which goes underneath the lens to put in the filters for the multi-grade paper. So you can change the contrast just by changing the filter that sits underneath the lens. So that's the fiddly bit because it's quite a small lens and it's all compact into the machine.
0: So what's the first step then in going from no print to a print? <coughs> Choke to death. <laughs> told you to You're stop right. drinking <laughs> that
1: fixer. He does have a really lovely Excuse ventilation system actually <laughs> because it makes it sound like he's just choking on chemicals here. He brought us all to the film analogue barbecue to poison us to death. <laughs> um, But yeah, I was very... Uh, very jealous of the uh, ventilation system it's nice <laughs> isn't it?
2: uh, but,
3: but we've made him turn it off because it was too noisy so that's why
0: we're now all going to choke to death on that of fumes
3: so the first step is to take the negative out of do you want some gloves?
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> heaven forbid you should get dust on your negatives I would never no, let
1: that but you happen you weren't in here when this happened before and he was very upset with Steve
3: Steve's negative was covered in thumbprints, fingerprints and scratches all the way down there. it no, just, you, you say that like it's a bad thing.
1: <laughs> Steve reckons it was experimental, so you know, you know, that's I'm on board. Sure, it
3: just it seemed like such a shame to have damaged the, the image.
1: Well, it, it's been in an envelope, um, you said.
3: I think, right. Okay, well, uh, that leads oh, me to another sorry. question directly <laughs> bearing
0: on a problem that I occasionally have: of the de- like, what do you do? To, do you clean negatives before you print from them, and how do you do so?
3: So, as soon as I develop the negative, I dry it in a dust-free environment. That that's key, and then. I put it into store it into sleeves immediately, Mm -hmm. and only take it out if I'm scanning it or using it in the enlarger. So as long as it's dried in a dust-free environment, then the only dust you're going to get out can be blown off really easily. Um, So we're going to put um, Rachel's negative into the negative holder now,
0: and then we'll judge how dirty or otherwise Rachel's negative is. Possibly.
3: Okay. We can always tweak it a bit once it's. Okay. It. okay. Okay. So when that's in the native order, I then give it a quick blast of compressed air, which is actually just an airbrush. I like this. I have to turn it on <laughs> <laughs> So you can buy cans of compressed air, but if you're going to do it lots
0: by an airbrush with the cans of compressed air is there because sometimes fluid can come out with those can't it yeah. Yeah.
3: So. yeah you don't get anything with that but it's probably not as powerful mm. i don't know but by doing that these look pretty clean when i was looking at it earlier Thanks. it looks it looks fine like you can hold it up at different angles just to see if there's any kind of surface dust on it
0: um i can see that you've got a fancy dust 100 to dry your legs in yeah. How did you dry your legs in the dust-free environment before you had your fancy Durst Oot 100? I didn't. I didn't oh, okay. Think. It's
1: a
3: nightmare. Okay. Oh, okay.
1: We're glad that you have the same problems as the rest of us, John.
2: That's the good.
3: Bathroom. But like yeah. the, the best alternative was just to do like, dry them in the bathroom, develop and dry in the bathroom, I found. Because everywhere else, without that, just, there's no it. And then once, if it dries with dust on, it's a nightmare. You actually... Like, I've got a little brush... If the dust is dried on it, you can kind of very carefully get it off. But is it this one, yeah, that's the one. I found it. <laughs> Rachel knows my diary better. <laughs> what about watermarks? Uh, on negatives, uh, I use a wetting agent. It's like I wash it for like a minute after I've done the final wash. Just um, give it a quick wash in some wetting agent, and then people will hate me for this, but I actually run two fingers down the negative while wearing rubber gloves. So I'll put my rubber gloves in the wetting agent, make sure they've got no scum on them or anything, cause you don't want to scratch negative, but then I just quickly run them down the negative. Never had a scratch, don't get any watermarks. Ooh, good. Okay. good tips there. Okay. Don't try this at home. No. <laughs> <laughs> don't blame me if <laughs> you have any problems.
0: We will blame you. Um, so the, ne- the negative's now loaded into the carrier. What next? Uh, what do you want to do next? <laughs> no, guess,
1: should we do a That's quick Yeah, should we do a little focus? Yeah. Oh, where's the um,
0: One very handy thing with this uh, recording device that we're using is that all the lights in it are red, which is quite important That's
4: when you're recording in the room. Point,
3: actually. brilliant. Right, first step, everybody in the room needs to make sure their phones okay. are off. Or at least locked away so they're not going to suddenly illuminate the room. That's a good point.
1: Hold well on. I will switch my... Light. How much
3: detail would you want me to... <laughs> Vocalise as we go. Yeah,
1: yeah, all the whole, yeah,
3: that yeah. would be fantastic. You don't edit these, we, do you? So that's going to.
0: say that? I know. <laughs> I
1: don't know what he thinks we do. <laughs> <noise>.
3: <laughs> 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 Get home, copy over, upload, done. <laughs> I don't know. What <laughs> that means all this shit. is going
1: <laughs> <awesome. laughs> <laughs> to be. Dad, thing. you got any good jokes? Oh. You got any good jokes? I, I swore for your dad. This <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, these are all the things that happen in the dark shed. It's not it's a shark yet. What
1: happens in the dark shed? So how, <laughs> how
0: big? To give like people listening an idea, because this is quite a big calling it a shed. It feels like we're demeaning. It's like it's how, a cottage. It's a, it's, it's, a a it's a double shed. It's a double shed. It's a double big shed. It's about mm-hmm. what? How big?
3: What? Ten feet by lots of other feet. It's eight foot wide by I think twenty. Oh sorry, eight foot wide <laughs> by twenty <laughs> something long. Yeah. I can't remember. Must be yeah. It's a great space and you've, yeah. you've filled all of it up. <laughs> you never have enough space, do you? Like, I built this thinking, this is way too big. What have I gotten done here? And then within a couple of months, it was just full of everything. Rubbish. <laughs> People. People. <laughs> People keep coming along. Okay, so what, what are we going to do next then? Uh, next, we are going to set up the enlarger head and the lens to set the size of the image that we want to enlarge to and focus it.
1: And we're going to be printing at 8x10, aren't we? Yeah, we'll do an 8x10. I'll get the
3: ways you can do that yeah. then. Oh, I've got, I've got a theory on 8x10. Go on. <laughs> so the way I, I number it is 8x10 is 8 on the vertical, 10 on the horizontal. And then if I'm doing a portrait print, it's 10x8. Mm-hmm. So right? the first number is the vertical, <laughs> second number is the horizontal
0: there you go uh, this is this a theory
3: it's <laughs> just a theory I'm trying it out <laughs> no it's not it's sticking
2: it's it catches on yeah
1: it's not sticky.
3: perfect <laughs> okay. so, this, so this is a uh,
0: yeah this is an 8 by 10 but if it was in portrait it would be 10 by 8 okay good well that's not But this is well. a
3: portrait print so it's 10 by 8 Great. I'm going to let you crack on with that then What <laughs> <laughs> confusion uh, okay right so the first thing we do is turn off the lights could you turn oh, off that
1: the- it's the one by the door oh the one on the right on the right yeah,
3: it's very uh, dark now. We should have red light everywhere.
1: Yeah, we're just going to need to take a moment I'll to lock. let our eyes adjust. Lock uh,
3: oh, that's right. Does right. It lock? Yeah,
1: uh, it does. But I'm going to paper it Okay, box. cool. Great. Um, we were <laughs> making sure that we didn't have the whole box of 100 sheets out earlier, weren't we? Yes.
3: Yeah. We so that's
1: that all good. This, but... We'll make sure we don't do that. Um, it's a very fancy and larger this and uh, I was most excited today to see that it's plugged into a, basically a whole computer which um, adjusts in stops of light yeah. as opposed to um, a timer um, using seconds, which is obviously what I'm used to. So um, John will have it's to talk ne- us through that it's next. No it's <laughs> It
3: still counts in seconds. It doesn't sure. like count anything magical. It's the just enlarged definitely seems <laughs> <counts laughs> to be smart. I am. stops of light. Yeah. Um, but what we'll do first is, so you can just turn the yeah. bulb on. So you're exposing. So you can set the height and the focus.
1: And they are locked. Uh, no, not to
3: do that yet. So on the enlarger there were two locks at the back of It's a Devere 504. Um, the locks at the back, and then the turning knobs are at the front.
0: That's a technical term.
3: The turning knobs. Turning knobs.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. Where's our? So, so the first... That's not straight, is it? No. So. Anyway. I can't, sorry, I can't tell where the edges are.
3: Isn't no. like, What's that? It's oh, that's a card.
1: <laughs> it's really weird being in somebody else's dark room and going, oh my goodness, where is everything? It's like trying to bake something in somebody else's okay. kitchen.
3: Oh, there we go, someone at the door already. Come in! Right,
0: Checking. so I was <laughs> trying to get out. that. I get that
3: from the centre. Line? Hello, Steve.
0: Yeah, yeah, don't swear we're recording. Okay. Who is that? I it? mean, you'll do swear, I don't mind. <laughs>
4: Can say you're
3: alive, why aren't they? <laughs> Cover the edges. Go bigger. So what we're doing at the moment is tweaking the size of the enlargement and the focus and it's just a case of balancing between it because every time you move the head it goes out of focus and then you move the focus and you to find out what size it's at. <coughs> so you're just working through the steps to get it the right size <laughs> to fit. I don't know if that's going to be in
1: focus. The paper size. It might be the, the shot because obviously I did this. Oh yeah. In a, um, we
3: could maybe use that, the other one that I know is definitely That looks out. in focus there. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So one of the reasons you picked this negative to do was because there was quite a lot of interest and contrast and stuff yeah. in the picture itself. So you looked at it and went, Oh that'll probably work quite well as a straight print, as opposed to we the one that Steve, that. Steve Lloyd from Chromafame study so with me would be now. Now Steve, the print you were doing earlier, you had you know areas you need to do some dodging and burning. Yeah, it's quite a wide
4: range of kind of, of um, exposure yeah. through the frame.
0: And that was your first print,
4: wasn't it? It was it was
0: amazing. It's like magic. Just, you um, you save people.
4: Just a light pull the light for us. You, you struggled bit with
0: there. the dodging and burning because you're very small <laughs> 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 Yeah, thanks. <laughs>
4: <laughs> but, um, yeah. But yeah. how did you find the experience in doing your first print? It was amazing. It, it's something I've always wanted to try. So to be able to do it, it's, it's totally just, it is literally like witchcraft. <laughs> it's, it like you know, developing film is one thing when you pull film, film out pull film up the tank it's and it's it, it, there's it, actually a picture there, it, but it's pulled, just to see just little it little come out of actual the actual tray as it's developing Sorry, was brilliant.
1: Was the process much as you expected
0: it to be? Was
4: it more involved or? The basic principle was kind of what I thought it was exposing light to the negative, but actually seeing it and seeing just how much is involved and kind of the, the, the tinkering with it I think that I'd be here all day doing yeah it print
0: it was interesting as a third party observer sort of seeing you go from uh, looking at an early stage print and going oh yeah that's nice I'm happy with that yeah. and then John so going well actually no we could do this this and that.
1: this and, oh, well let's give <laughs> it a go yeah. i quite different at definitely yeah. I think we,
4: we said that didn't <laughs> we I <laughs> think as, as a, <laughs> a novice you'd see the first one go well, that's amazing yeah. I'm going to leave it there Yeah, but there's so much improvement there's <laughs> so much improvement you can make you- that was John not me recording? Uh, yeah. they're recording they're <laughs> recording um, there's so much improvement can be made but when you know what you're doing like John which yeah. is great and, and the finish was brilliant so much better than the first one but I uh, don't
0: know it was great so we've actually switched out negatives we now can. because Rachel um, <laughs> couldn't get it, uh, take a picture in focus apparently was, that, was that problem? <laughs> that is the
3: problem that there are a lot problem. of problems
0: yeah so oh, that, that's quite next. an interesting thing because
3: mm-hmm. you can't if you don't scan or you don't do a contact print, you go through that whole process and it's not till then that you can see that the image is out of focus or it's got movement in it. Yeah. And sometimes you might not even know until you've done the actual print. Um, so I kind of do a hybrid approach where I always scan my negatives and then I use that as like a digital contact sheet to pick out which ones I'm going to print. It doesn't mean they're going to print great, no. but I find that as a good starting point.
0: When you're looking for a good negative to print, particularly versus scanning, what (coughs) makes for a good printable negative?
3: Oh, Christ. I don't know how to answer that. Can't try. (laughs) (laughs) does that mean,
1: Greg?
3: Um, I I think my answer to that isn't necessarily a a technical one. Sorry, it's still Um, It's actually about what the image is. Because even if it's technically rubbish, like it can be out of, a little bit out of focus, or well, let's say fully out of focus. It can be a little bit out of focus, maybe there's some um, camera shake, whatever, but it can still be a great image. And there's something different when you've got a print compared to seeing it on the screen. And you don't know that, I can kind of gauge it a bit, I guess, but sometimes you just don't know until you've got that print in your hand and it just works really well as a print. Regards the technical elements. If you've got a really thin negative, it, or like it's super contrasty, you know that anyway. And you get so you, you've just then got to approach that when you come to print it. So if your negative's really contrasty, like maybe you push the film or whatever, as soon as you start printing, you probably know that you're going to be using a low grade filter to start from. But it all depends what what image you're going for at the end. Yeah, you know, like what style you're looking to achieve yeah. from that.
1: John, I think we're gonna need to
0: move it across. Sorry, yep. yeah, was still good. I think we're gonna have to actually move it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. your enlarger um it, is this great big DeVere 504. And with this, Rachel is um I think she's playing pinball because uh, yes. he's adjusting <laughs> handles down at the base of the thing. So on my enlarger, when I need to focus, I'm adjusting the actual head and extending and yep. um but this one you're actually raising and lowering the base, is that right? No, good. so
3: you're still moving the head, but it's um, it's counterbalanced in the column. So when you turn the twiddly knobs, um, I don't know what it does inside, but basically there's a, there's a weight that counters the weight of the head moving up to try and balance what the weight, otherwise, it would just collapse and thrive. I assume it's like on a spring or something inside. Um, but it's still the same thing, you're still moving the head and then you're moving the lens board relative to the head yeah. to focus so this negative is quite different to the first
0: one that you were looking to do with Rach this one's got um it's a scene taken in a um cafe looking out across these big wide windows onto a um city scene behind is that Liverpool Rach
1: it's London actually. it's London yeah. okay
0: London in the background so with this you've got quite a lot of difference in terms of the foreground. At, uh, and the background. Yeah, um, it's yeah, very dark in the foreground and it's going to be very light in the background. Is this going to make okay. it harder to print this one? <coughs> Do
3: you want my answer to that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, because the foreground to me is its a silhouette. Mm-hmm. Um, there's possibly some detail in the people, in their faces looking at it. Um, but... If, if you want to bring that out that can be probably achieved through a bit of dodging um, on then but what we're looking to do to start with is just to get a base exposure that produces the best images possible from a single exposure and then from there we'll tweak it with dodging and burning um, maybe contrast adjustments maybe split grading um, but i always work for just a nice straight print to go with that i'm really happy with and then i'll work through the steps afterwards
1: should we Slightly crop it to make it more of a, um, yes. a strip. Yes.
3: Are you happy with this crop on this edge here? Or do you want to go, do you want to take that full width of the window?
1: If we can, like, yeah, that so you've would be got, cool. Where's it? Uh, but yeah.
3: Um. Mm. So if you went smaller with it, to bring this yeah, edge into the Yeah, we can do that, there, can't we? We'll Good plan. crop to say there. Okay.
1: <coughs> Where can I put oh, that? Oh, do I need to unlock it again? Oh yeah, hold on. Mm, not holding it.
3: There you go. There. I think. Wait, do so you've got to focus it as well, do not you? Because.
1: can get you in. Is that the whole window? <laughs> so the,
3: the, Sorry, John. That's alright. In something like this, I would aim for see this distance, yeah. Here? It's all about symmetry, like, yeah. I'm I don't
1: trying make that <laughs> <The same. laughs> What am I doing wrong? Sorry, this is pinball, was it? Different
3: from mine. <laughs> there you go. Oh,
1: nearly there. Sorry,
0: so you're adjusting the height and t- yeah, to get the, but also having to adjust the focus <coughs> at the same time, yeah. Hence but, the two hand twiddling,
3: just move one at a time. So, if you want it bigger, what do you reckon, there, move the head up and then focus. So focus. There we go. Yeah. Focus on go.
1: that.
3: There we go. That looks oh, cool, cool. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Right. So let's lock that. That one.
0: was what I was after. And then you
1: have to do oh, I'm a grain focus, really focus on there. So what are you using there, yep. Rage? Um. Uh, this is. Oh, <laughs> oh <laughs> thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. That
4: wasn't my fault. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> thanks. Great
4: help in the dark room there, girl.
3: Okay.
1: What's this, what's this doing? <laughs> yeah. There. Got yep, oh. the,
3: it. Yeah. Okay.
1: So basically just checking um, to see, you don't really see the picture as such, Um, you get to see the grain of the negative and that's what you're focusing. Um, Do you want to have a quick check, John? Just make sure I've got that okay. Yep. Cool.
3: What film's
1: that? Uh, HP5, yeah.
3: Right, so how do you want to, so the next thing we're gonna do is gonna crop using the easel. And we're physically moving the easel down to crop the top, mm-hmm. and then we move the blade of the bottom one to crop the bottom. So, so, oops, sorry, so sorry, rations.
1: yeah. Sorry. Um, we can we can kind of basically crop out that top bit that was slightly messy with the lights inside. Um, but you see, I'm a big fan, like like Aid is as well, of the. It's almost like a six by twelve, sort of, you know. Um, ratio you know mm-hmm. um, and uh, that was one that we were looking at before wasn't it Steve yeah. we were talking about that sorry I just realised I'm looking sorry, at I you and, and actually, no no it's, it's totally fine um, I realised <laughs> obviously we're recording audio and nobody will be able to see what I'm what I'm on about um, yeah because I think that would be quite lovely so where do you want to crop the bottom I think that higher
3: mm-hmm. lower here <laughs> <laughs> better the first on that time angle?
1: Yeah. better the second time <laughs> uh, like further. yeah
2: What do you
1: think? Yeah. Let's go with that.
3: Okay. can yeah. someone
1: turn the Sorry. light on a second? Yeah. And then what
3: we'll do is oh. we'll make. So this is got a very bright, one yeah. and a quarter. One and a quarter. Look at that. Is that two? Hang on. One, two. Oh no, you need to go up here.
1: need one. to go here. Yeah. There.
3: Not bad. It was close, wasn't it? What? Guess. Pretty
1: close. <laughs> done. Good work. Hooray. Okay. All right.
3: So that's Let's
1: that start.
0: done. Peace. Nice so your picture's all framed up
1: Mm -hmm. in focus hopefully in
0: focus hopefully (laughs) Um, you're now putting in a filter so this filter puts you in at what? neutral kind of
3: yeah mid contrast this is a two and a half let's just put a two in start with a two mid contrast just to get the exposure and just to see where you want to go now looking at the negative it looks like quite a contrasty Mm. negative anyway but I think that's the nature of of the shop, you know, it's yeah. silhouettes at the front of, of people eating. Um, so, the, I think the main focus to get the contrast right and the exposure right is the background. So it's St Paul's Cathedral in the back. I think so, yeah. Um, so that's what I think you'd aim for, and then the silhouettes would be almost black anyway. Um, so that's what. What going to, but we'll start with a, a mid grade, see how it looks, and then we can always increase or decrease. It gives you movement from that point. So,
0: is that the reason why you start with a mid grade filter rather than starting with no filter? Because if you start with no filter, you can only add contrast.
3: Um, no, we're starting with if we started with no filter, it would be the same. I think it would be the same as yeah. um, probably a grade two, two and a half filter.
1: Because it has anyway. in the paper, it has a, a natural default grade, yeah. doesn't it? Um, different papers, John's got lots of different kinds of papers <laughs> Who knows? as well. You've got loads of different kinds of papers, haven't you, that will give obviously a different effect depending on, you know.
3: Yeah, like, contrast wise, most from what I've experimented with, most of like the Ilford paper are quite similar in how they respond. Like, you obviously get differences how they look because like fibre paper looks completely different even with the same contrast level. Um, so, there's quite a lot of crossover but there's exposure differences as well between them. So like if you swap your paper out, you have to redo test strips.
0: Yeah. I suppose that's an important thing, but starting right from the get-go with having a filter in place, you're getting the right exposure time. Whereas if you start without a filter, there's just more light getting through, so the exposure times will be off once you add a filter in.
3: Yes, yeah, so if you wanted to add a filter after you've done your initial test strip, then you'd have to redo your test strip at that filter that you don't even know is right. So now you've got a starting point that's a mid-grade. Mid
1: Change one variable at a time, right? Correct. Which, yes. How <laughs> hey, are you doing over there, Steve? Let's make Steve good. the first variable. <laughs> Steve, you're the first variable. Oh, fair enough, fair <laughs> <laughs> I've been called worse. <laughs> <laughs> Today. It's usually by you. Yes, it's <laughs> usually by Graham.
0: <laughs> Small hand, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> you're
4: not lying, not to do it. <laughs> no. <laughs>
1: So, um, John, you're setting it as a, a starting point of eight seconds, is that correct?
3: Yes. So you always have like a base exposure that you start from. Okay, so why eight seconds? Uh, so that's why I always start at. Fair enough. So, <laughs> I think I read it on the internet about four years ago. <laughs> it, must, it must be true. <laughs> 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 got to be true. I I've got right? no idea. It's just yeah. it's, it's a habit. It's a routine. Yeah. It works. Yeah. Um, and it, it's, it's kind of, it leads on to what I normally aim for, which is I'm trying to get an exposure probably about 20 to 30 seconds in total but it depends how much manipulation you want to do like dodging and burning, um, if you start at 8 and you're thinking right I'm going to be adding time on top of that then you've got yeah. time to play with, um, you don't want an exposure time of 2 seconds, you know, you've got, unless you've just done a straight print. Um, but I think there are even situations where actually it needs a minimum amount of time before the paper responds correctly I'd have to look that up.
0: And so, and so, this this um, time of eight seconds. Uh, what what aperture is the um, lens that you're now getting? So
3: I'm going to put that at
1: f eight. That'd
3: be easier, wouldn't it? Uh, so
0: it? It's a bit, bit a bit fiddly. Turns out <laughs> it's because this big fancy enlarger,
2: thirty
3: <laughs> five mm is clearly beneath it. <laughs> right, we'll start at f eight, okay. um, and that's just it's pure like not get it's like an educated guess again. like at the height it's at um looking at the negative f8 for probably looking at 16 seconds would be my guess so we'll start at 8 seconds base f8 see where we're at
0: do you find there's much difference um in terms of the different film stocks uh, do you find that some film stocks you're always going to have to add more time because they're just thin and eggs by nature
3: um no no it depends on the nature of the image, if you've under overexposed it, how you developed it. Um, it's always gonna be within a ballpark unless you've got really thin negatives or really dense negatives. Mm-hmm. It's always gonna be yeah. Cool. Yeah.
0: Do we
4: need lights off now? Uh,
3: right, you're okay with the get the test strips out of there, yeah? Are they cut already. Some floor in there, yeah. Yeah. There's your the card and then we'll put it on test strip mode It's got dark again to Oh
1: gosh,
0: where's that? I don't, I don't know It's, a, Hang it's on. like a sewing machine
1: It's mean, like a sewing machine Alright,
3: see My eyes So that, that torch, oh. you press it twice
1: Ah, of course
3: um, <laughs> Don't point it at paper because actually it just It will it. still it. Yeah, it. so I just use it to keep my kind of night vision <laughs> in my eyes so uh, if I put the lights on all the time my eyes are constantly like
1: open, ah, close, this open close, horrible yeah. whereas
3: if I'm using a little open torch
1: so.
0: yeah I've, I've been using a, a head torch um, yeah. <laughs> uh, I have yeah. no electricity in my dark summer, <laughs> so one head torch is all I have to do anything
3: has it got um, a red light on it? yeah, well. yeah that, otherwise it would be quite disastrous <laughs> <laughs> are you doing a test exposure to see if it exposes the paper let's say yes <laughs> yes <Good luck>. <laughs> <laughs> So it's really like if you get, if you have a piece of paper and you put a coin on it, or just get a little test strip, put a coin on it, and point your head torch at it for say five minutes, even less than that, just to try it out, and then develop it. If the head torch is casting any exposable light onto that paper, you will see the shape of the coin on the paper. It's easy to do.
0: Okay. Now I've been given homework. This wasn't supposed to happen
3: <laughs> So I'm in teacher mode We're when, when now people in the, in the art room It's all about workshops <laughs> So
0: Rach you're now getting a, a thin strip Of your um, <clears throat> paper
1: Yes um, very much this is, Here's one that John made earlier <laughs> So he cut uh, a piece of the 10 by 8 into probably Four strips I think uh, Which gives us a chance to Basically test things out more economically um, so we have a single strip here and you can tell which way up um, it needs to go under um, because using the red light you can see where there's a slight sheen on this one so that's really useful because this particular kind of paper you can actually tell um, which side's got emulsion on uh, and that is obviously what will side uh, that will react with light so that's going to go under the easel she says hopefully is it just a push down John
3: uh, so you don't Oh, where do you want? Yeah, it? you don't actually. So if you, t- I would say there. <coughs> I, t- I put the easel down because you don't. Okay. It's not actually going to hold it, is it? Oh yeah, of
1: course not.
3: So if you put the whole thing down There's and one. then, I'm trying
1: to find the edges. <laughs> where was
3: a good spot to put it? That's. I'm gonna
1: go. So what we should have
3: done is pre-plan yeah. on the image where we were going to put the test strip, where it had like a good range of, of tones um, that we wanted to produce a test strip over. Mm-hmm. As is, we've kind of done it blind. Yeah. And it might end up being just over the silhouette area. At the front.
1: It might be. We'll give it a <laughs> whirl and see. Um, so, um, so on the test strip mode on this particular timer, yeah. will, are we going to give me eight seconds as a starting point? Yeah. And then will it? Sorry, do I have to do this with my foot? I can't remember. Yeah. So you to do, do one, the next lot. One click to do with my first
3: steps. To do the eight. Yeah. And then you put the card over the first yeah. mark. Yeah. Click again. And then okay. Does the next one? All right. And so on. Ooh, exciting. I'll
1: okay. Guide you. All right. So first, first eight are just as they are, ready to go. All right. Good.
3: It's just a quick click. That is perfect positioning. Of the texture. Told you. Nice. <laughs> and remember, when you're yeah. moving the card over, don't actually touch the paper. Yeah. Because it will move the paper.
1: Good point. Okay. Okay. So do I click again for one more? Yeah.
3: Yep. Yeah. Just a single click. Then ah move, okay cool.
1: Then move yeah.
3: click.
1: Oops. Ooh. Sorry. Move then click. It's so fancy this. <laughs>
3: <laughs> takes a bit of hand eye coordination, doesn't it? John? It does,
1: yeah. Right, I think that's what okay. we're gonna get
3: out. Okay, Cool. Let's get that go, eh? Okay.
1: So uh, next step, John, what's next step? Next step
3: we're gonna put the test strip. Into the developer tray, which black. is Billford mm. Grey Dev mixed at one plus nine, which is a 60 second development time, I think.
1: Okay. Mm.
3: And blackcurrant flavour. And blackcurrant flavour.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to pop it in. Mm. There we go. So I just did the test strip from uh, one end, and um, uh, John also has some tongues. So he's going to use those to make sure that uh, the whole test strip is actually covered uh, with the developer chemical. And you can see that it's starting to appear. How was the experience for you when you did yours, Steve? First awesome. time, wasn't so, yeah, it?
4: It is like magic. Yeah. It's amazing seeing it come out.
1: All right.
0: So, Steve, you are actually currently in the process, and we'll and we'll talk about this in the future, I'm sure, but <laughs> you're currently in the process of um, developing wet plate Holders. Dry plates. Dry plate. Okay, dry plate, I'm oh, sorry. 50 <laughs> <50/50. laughs> Yeah. With, with Jason Lane, who yes. um, hopefully, again, we'll speak to at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to developing plates, is that much the same as it is with dealing with paper like this? Um,
4: yes. I, I, I say yes. I haven't developed any. Jason does all the plate side, so <laughs> his that's, his, that's his bag. Um, <laughs> but certainly, so far as far as I know, this yeah, this it's standard thing. desktop <laughs> fix. I'm not going to
1: stop As with film.
4: Um, <laughs> except you obviously end up with a with a glass Make, plate yeah. rather, than, rather than a piece of film or, or paper That's like this it's been good practice for you then
0: so <laughs> yeah. it's gone from the gone from the de- developer into the stop is that a water stop John or is yeah, that yeah it's piece? just water just water stop and then into the fixer yeah right
1: can
3: we have the light on please
1: <gasps> dad are you there you got it it's the string there we go there we go Right, we're in
0: the fix. Oh, uh, there's another oh, yeah, light actually the sorry, right. Dad. It's, uh, it's the one on the
3: right. So John's putting on his surgical gloves now, doing
0: an inspection. I think you're thinking of um, S&M, not SMR. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you've got your test strip here. So what are you looking for when you look at the test strip? Well what would you look for? <laughs>
3: Throw that back at you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I suppose you're looking for an area where the exposure matches up with what you want it to be, so you've got the tones, the the, the best balance of tones, right?
3: Something like that. Yeah. So, like looking at the right hand side of this texture, strip, which is the the point that had the least amount of light exposed onto it, it's very underexposed. Okay, it's it's very bright in on the buildings like for me the the key area of this is the buildings and actually looking at this print there's a lot of detail in the people which is really nice um so you could go two routes with this print i think you could either go really contrasty Mm -hmm. and completely silhouette out the people at the front um or you could keep this contrast lower and and keep the detail in those people as well Mm. um which I think is quite nice. It, is, but it's, isn't it? it depends what yeah. you want
1: to do. it's a difficult one. A, there's so much you can do with the darkroom printing part of the process that um, you just you don't really think about necessarily at that point. Just looking at this now, because you have got that detail. It might be kind of nice to keep that, as you say. But I'm a big of contrast, so like my yeah. initial reaction is like, yeah, whack, let's whack up the contrast, and we'll go for silhouette and 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 look at the detail in I the building. The detail there, it's
3: good to keep it.
1: Yeah, like that. yeah. So we didn't have a filter. No, we did have a filter on this one, didn't we? Yeah, it was on a two. Two point five. Yeah, it's on
3: two, I think. So we can we can go higher yeah. or lower with
1: it. Yeah, um, let's. I think oh maybe. Yeah, oh yeah. I think maybe yeah, <laughs> higher or lower. Um, maybe we go for a little more contrast. To sate that part of my appetite, <laughs> <laughs> um, but in terms of the exposure, obviously we're in the wash now, aren't we? So I can grab that.
0: So when you're looking at this print, range, what like as far as you're concerned, what's yep. the subject of the picture?
1: Um, I I shot this um, wanting them to be the silhouette. Right. and to see the buildings and see the detail outside yeah. yeah um so but it was a kind of like happy accident that because yeah. they are close the subjects are close enough to the light to the window that actually we've got quite a lot fall off from that mm. which has meant that they've we've got a kind of like nice hair light almost yeah. so yeah. i feel like we can still yeah, use you know, that
0: i mean obviously we're only looking at a little i, I, yeah. I feel like this actually feels more like the city is quite a nice backdrop for just a nice yeah. Um collection of pictures of old people.
1: It's inter- interesting, right? Like we can we could go both we could try both. We could try both Absolutely. with this, can't we? Yeah. All right. Okay, oh, so show hands of hands then. <laughs> show of hands. Who thinks who thinks more contrast? Um to and, and bring out the, the back drop. Anybody? Yeah. Yeah? You think yeah. see the city? As much buildings? as I thought of the
4: detail on the people, maybe the, the city is more what you focus on Okay. The what do you
1: think then?
0: I think I need to see the whole print because the thing is, we're,
4: we're <laughs> sitting, <laughs>
2: well, well, at
0: the and moment, this is why it's expensive for you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, at the moment, we're looking Sorry. at the very central bit. So, at mm-hmm. the the bottom half of the print, that the whole balance of the print, will kind of indicate for me what makes most sense. Because when we just look at the middle, as, it, as if that was the entire print, I'd say no, absolutely, the people should be the focus because the background just isn't enough. But mm-hmm. but with the whole print, that changes it completely. So.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I agree yeah. i think mean, as soon as you reveal potentially what's i can't remember what the crop was on the bottom yeah but we've if, got a
1: bit more here and that's so going to be very dark well. and we've got uh, yeah so obviously a lot of light up here and dark down here because this is going to be the tables
3: yeah yeah so if that drops it's off the drop
1: black off, at the bottom yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that might then be yeah
3: answers the question what's yeah
1: this? yeah okay um so i right, so need to pull
3: a print yeah. 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 Oh, I do. <laughs> <That> let's <laughs> go for a full
1: print. yeah is
3: that possible?
1: Convenient. <laughs> <laughs> In my dark room, using my
4: paper. It's got
1: the Okay, so uh, oh, I'm going to need to. Do you know I didn't put my apron? I actually brought my apron. I brought my dark room pinny with me, and then I've taken it off. It's always oh!
0: partner, it? uh, John's got a uh, science coat, Doctor Science coat.
1: <laughs> it's on ever oh, thanks, <laughs> thanks so much. Perfect yeah. fit for Rachel. Perfect. Yeah, Rachel. <laughs> 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 right. Like off. Oh, I usually wear my uh, apron, yeah, <laughs> so that I don't know uh, stuff all over my nice clothes, so I'm all, my posh I, I've, outfit. Oh, have got
4: nice clothes. <laughs> <laughs> that is the thing, I <laughs> I mean? That's what I never worry about. <laughs> yeah, <I> thought, well, <laughs> right.
1: You see, today I was coming along to a lovely barbecue and, you know, this is my holiday, so I thought I'd wear a nice dress and everything. It's got pockets in, so it's still practical. <laughs> um, but yeah, I normally would wear my uh, my apron. I brought it with me, because I'm good. Alright.
3: Right. This is turning into a completely different podcast. Fashion tips for the
1: darkroom. Himmish hey, isn't in
3: here. Where is he? Tips for a new pitch black. All right.
1: So, um... So, so hold on. Did you hold, want hold. to
3: do at the same contrast for comparison? Can we put... Oh, hold well on. We didn't actually pick which... Oh, well,
1: yeah, we, we didn't. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm still... Professional like broadcaster. going to back away. Light on, Sorry. please. I,
3: we I did, put it off so the, the back, don't worry. The main <laughs>
1: thing we didn't do was pick
3: which step of exposure from the test.
1: Point, point. The most important
3: part. The reason it's so bright over here is because that <laughs> didn't mm-hmm. have much exposure.
1: So it only had eight seconds, didn't it? Yeah. And then we did it in...
3: Oh gosh. It stops.
1: Stops. Course.
3: Quarter of a, stops, yeah. not. a stop. Stop. <laughs> but, so you can't actually see mm-hmm. where the One. separation is. There are... Six steps in total, okay. The computer says there are six steps that we did. So if that's six, five, four, three, two, one, no, probably Mm, six, five, four, three, two, one, ish.
1: Up here. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Actually, which is what you said originally, isn't it? Look at you. (laughs) It's like you've printed this one before. <laughs> well,
3: actually, it's a bit more to 20.
1: Bit, yeah, we've 20, <laughs> didn't we? So
3: This is what's interesting. This is exactly the That's same time as Steve's. Time as Steve's. Yeah. Okay, so everything is set up to be around yeah. the same sort of times and exposures based on size and paper. Yeah, you can. Everything's around the same sort of timing, so that's the way it's all been developed by like created I assume is the sensitivity of the paper. So you're always hitting sensible times for your exposure. So you're not having to
1: leave it for minutes. Yeah. You're not having to leave it for like two seconds and try and do your whole dodging <laughs> thing yeah. with that as well. Okay, awesome.
3: Right, so we're going to go for a full-size print. Thank
1: you very much. Thanks, All right.
0: So you've got glow-in-the-dark stickers on loads of stuff. I think that's not a problem.
3: Far Hi. too low lum- lower luminance. eBay special, little Ilford glow-in-the-dark stickers.
0: There you go. God, they get the brand in everywhere, don't they?
3: Yeah, they love it. <laughs> they used to love it. <laughs>
1: So making sure it's the right way up again. Um, actually, John, you had an interesting little tip for that as well, didn't you? Because obviously some of the papers, you can't see the sheen.
3: Oh, right, so I I don't know if this is right. It's something I found out. And don't do this on prints that you're actually looking to use, but if you wet the, your thumb and stick it onto the paper, then the sticky side is the exposure side. But most papers you can just hold up to the light and see a bit of reflection on it.
1: Is it just pressed out? Is that right? Is it yeah, in the just, right place?
3: Oh, that's, a, that's I sure think that that's that is. Yeah, that feels good. It does.
1: Okay. okay. Oh yeah, cool. great.
3: Right, so you're just going to do a straight print.
1: Should we do it? Okay. okay do and, it. and that's ready. So it's just a yep. foot pedal, isn't it?
3: Yep. One click.
1: We've got the. Um, the microphone in there just to make sure that we can <laughs> hear it ticking down <laughs> the
4: sound of Record the sound of
1: light <laughs> exactly yeah excellent um and did we put we didn't put a filter in we didn't change the filter did we it has a filter in yeah, but means, we didn't yeah. change the filter no, that's, yeah that's right yeah so we're just going to go with that because change one thing at a time in yeah. order for us to be able to see whether this works and so that graham can give us his opinion Which is the the full prints, right? There we go. So that's now exposed. I'll try not to drop it on the floor. We'll (laughs) pop it into the dev. There we go. Crap, sorry,
3: didn't quite. I didn't put a time on. One, two. So when I first started doing this, I and I reading enough about. I, I did it years ago at university, but I can't remember that. Softly. um When I started reading up on it again, and I was reading it all like, oh, it's got to be in for exactly sixty seconds. The way you slide it, in, way you slide it in is quite important, But there's all these like technicalities about stuff that you need to do. It's like you must use a stop. It must be in for sixty seconds. Just have a go. You know, like. It doesn't have to be in for exactly 60 seconds at all. <laughs> no. There's, there's so much flexibility, It like, try leaving it in for five minutes and see what happens. You'll soon realise why not to leave it in five minutes, but there's no need to panic when you get to your 60 second mark and think, oh, I've got to get it out. Like,
0: Tom. one of the things that i know when i first started printing um that it can be a tendency to do is um you see the changing and you see it going dark faster than you're expecting yeah uh, and you want to snatch it out um should you pull should you pull deve- um, the paper out before the t- before the sixty
3: seconds or however long. No, it is. no, 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 no. Like leave it in for the minimum amount of time. Sorry, that sounds a bit. No, no, no. <laughs> what are you doing, you crazy fool? Um,
1: it's what we were saying, though, isn't it? Yeah. yeah.
3: In It's it is quite confusing because you can look at it and a red light and think, Oh, it's done, but it's not. You've got to leave it in for the minimum amount of time that it says, but you can leave it in longer. Got gotcha. you. Yeah. yeah.
1: And again, um, it, if you if you take it out of the de- developer too quick. Um, because you're thinking it's done it's not replicate uh, you can't replicate that necessarily so you could do yeah. that and and then if you take it out you don't know exactly how long you've left it in there so again it's trying to make sure that you're keeping your variables to a minimum um,
3: and <laughs> it's the same with temperature so it's like
1: it's different with lith print though something like lith print isn't it
3: uh, okay yeah like, like these these chemicals it's like you can have it uh, like the temperature doesn't have to be what do they say twenty degrees is yeah. it? It doesn't have to you be should. at all. Like obviously, if you really want superb consistency, then your chemical should be at twenty. You should be doing it for exactly sixty seconds if you want exact consistency across all your prints. But the reality is, if you're not printing and you want to, and those sort of things are putting you off because you think it sounds too complicated, how am I going to get it to twenty? You don't have to worry about it. Like it's a good point get a tray yeah. it can be 10 degrees you'll see the print appearing with your red head torch mm.
1: and you know we've it's got quite a lot warmer in here since we've been in it's here talking
3: It's <laughs> it it
0: steams hot well. body that's what's doing
1: it dad could you grab the light I'll go. thank you it's great having my dad here thank you <laughs> <laughs>
4: Wow, no, that works well. I'm surprised how I much like detail is kept down here. Yeah. Yeah, that's brilliant. I like that. And the back.
1: Because it still gives me a little bit of detail. Like, we can still see that there's mm-hmm. like expressions and things, mm-hmm. but it's got enough contrast, I think, for me to feel happy. Is it
4: really so done? we cool. do done on the first print. That was an easy one. <laughs> <laughs> it's easy, that's locked
1: in it. Great. <laughs> <Right? laughs> no need to worry. No. <laughs> And you don't have to worry about me blasting through your your box of paper.
3: Fifty sheets later, it's still <laughs>
4: not no, 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 no. done.
1: Do you want to go look? You know? Yes. So we got all the detail yes. in here. I mean, you could you could play with that. You know, you could you could bring bring it out a little. could yep. Expose it for a little bit less and put a put an extra contrast filter on. You know, yeah, couldn't you? But you're
4: not far off with the yeah. whites to your blacks, are you? yeah. so you're not too far. off.
3: You, like as a man, it knows It <laughs> <laughs> comes it swoops in.
1: Thanks, <laughs> dad. What do you think?
3: I think it looks fantastic. Did I like that. Oh. Yeah, yeah. really nice yeah. print. How
0: long did that take? What, 25 minutes? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Time is a
3: little yeah. um, That's I mean, a good point. That's so. a great photo. Thank you. And um, like, it just looks amazing printed as well. I I think I've seen that image yeah, on one on Just your on my website, Instagram, yeah, yeah, I, I think. And, Person. No offence, yeah. but it, it kind of just passes you by, I think, digitally, yeah. whereas in print it just perfect. looks incredible.
5: He's like, I just got a long man, that's a nice uh, How are you doing? part of cat.
0: Hey Michiel, where's the pig layer?
5: <laughs> <laughs> What's that dead cat in your hand?
2: <laughs> it's my pet?
0: I call him Fredo. <laughs>
5: Do you want to see it? Have you got it with you? Yeah. Let's go
0: see the pig slayer. <laughs> <laughs> this ain't no professional. Oh, oh, thank you for having me. <laughs> amazing. Thank you very
4: much.
3: Before oh, comes to there's a lot of very fancy
5: cameras on this table. We'll see, you'll see. you see why it doesn't work. So that's supposed very to. Nice. supposed to nice. lock in there. So this is the bit that's the most nice. not worky. So it's okay. supposed to slot yeah. in there. Excellent. And it doesn't. It's ah, so. Because it's Rachel, injection molded, you've, you've got two tools. You've got The tooling is made up of two pieces, there's the back part and the front part that swishes together and then the plastic is injected into those two parts that are are together, if you see what I mean. So you get a split line which is essentially that's the front part of the tool, (laughs) that's the back part of the tool and that's the split line between the two parts of it, it. if you see what I mean. Yeah. But to get a a piece of injection moulded plastic out of a tool, you have to have a relief angle because else it'll get stuck in the tool, if you see yeah. what I mean? And where, the, where that split line is determines the angles of those that relief angle. Yeah. The relief angles are the yeah. wrong way round for what we need them to be for it to work. <laughs> so the guy who'd made the tooling didn't... He, he looked at the CAD and interpreted it not understanding the entire... Essentially not understanding the entire... <laughs> right. What it, how it's supposed to work. So as it's worked out, as I say, not only are the relief angles wrong on here, they're also wrong on here. So there is literally no way that that will sit in, that there. That will sit in there without it popping out, because it's, the relief angles are the polar opposite way around to what they need to be. Is it fairly easy to sort that? Is, is it as easy to you know, just do it the way around? <laughs> or not? Basically, what they've got to do, cause you need, because it's such a small piece of plastic, you can see it if you hold it up. You can see yeah. that relief angle's that way and that's that way. Yeah. What they're going to have to do is essentially make it... So, and that's the opposite direction. So what they're going to have to do is make it so the relief angles are... Uh, yes, I can, can see, see it, quite yeah. clearly what you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. So, and I could see this, and that's why, funny enough, I felt like I was the only one in the room that was panicking. When I, when I went to see the second tool, I could see that it was that way wrong. And I was saying to Richard, I was like, well, the... the the chamfer's the wrong way round so it's it's wrong and he's like you know it'll be fine it'll be fine it'll be fine so and so I didn't then didn't put an update out on the kickstarter for a week because I was like I'm just going to hold off until I have the meeting with them and then I took it to them and put it in front of them and they and sent one down to Clive and Clive was like yes the it's all the wrong way round <laughs> was it, and I was like yeah that's 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 what I said so then I showed it to Richard and um, and Phil and then we got the tooling guy over Basically, what they're going to do, or what the we've got to do, the we've got to make the adjustments to this first, and they're going to make the they're going to remove the relief angles, because fortunately, because it's a small thing, we they can rely on the shrinkage of the plastic to release it from the tool. Yeah. So that means that we can have completely vertical. So that can be vertical. So we're going to adjust that first, then see how well these fit in. Once that adjustment's been made. Yeah. And then once that adjustment's been made, and we see how well we fit those fit in, then we come back and adjust these based on the outcome of that, if you see what I mean. So, unfortunately, that's like five or six weeks delay that I wasn't... Another five or six weeks delay that we weren't weren't expecting. But I was in... On this occasion, I mean, it was a three and a half hour meeting that I was there with them where we were talking about this. And... It got to the point where I was convincing them to take more time. Yeah. Because and um, Phil was like, well, you know, what well, if we did it this way? If we did it that, way, we can speed it up. And I'm like, look, just let's not fuck with it. Let's do yeah. it right. Let's get it as it should be. So if we need to do that tool first, then see how that works. Then do that tool. Yeah. Let's take that extra time. Yeah. Because the thing with without going into too much detail, the thing with injection molding is that you can you you can take more metal off the tool but it's a lot more difficult to add metal back onto the tool. Yeah. So you have to make adjustments that involve removing metal. And you don't want to get to the stage that you've removed too much. So that's why. You're still loving it then. (laughs) Well, the funny thing is, is it kind of, yeah. (laughs) Because (laughs) even though it's... Even though it is really... Like, it's, it's really hard and it's quite stressful... Because I've been re, like super transparent on the Kickstarter,
4: so like,
5: basically no. nobody's having a go at me anymore. Yeah. Everybody is just is being really not nice, basically being nice yeah. and saying you take the you know take as long as it takes to get it right. So I've not got the stress of people having a go at me. Um, well, there's a few people, but basically I haven't got the stress of people having a go at me. So I've got the time to actually enjoy it, and it is enjoyable. Yeah, it's I'm um, it, I'm learning about. Things like injection molding, which I wouldn't I mean, have known anything who about. Who wouldn't want to learn about yeah, injection who wouldn't molding. Exactly, but it is—it's—it—it's it, it, it's interesting to be doing something like this. Yeah, it's—it's—it's it's, it's so close, isn't it?
0: It's yes. so close, <laughs> and yet yeah, for fractions of a millimeter, so far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's looking really good, though. It's looking really oh, good. This, I
5: mean, I can pick. We've, we I mean, the meeting we had, we were picking it apart completely, and the—it's the, got to the stage where we are you know, we're looking at things like, I don't know if you can see here, you see, this is the join mark. So the, t- the material, plastic material goes into the tool from here and here, goes around the outside and it meet the, the liquid plastic actually yeah. meets here. And you can see where there's a line there. Yeah. And then you can see this kind of shiny bit. And that shiny bit is where air is escaping. So they can do something to, they can put like a little gas, like what do you call it? A little hole so air can escape. So then that will prevent that yeah. shiny bit and then there's little bits like there's a little knobbly bit there that they're going, to rem- like they're going to get rid of and I can't remember there's a whole bunch of other little tiny little tweaks so I know because because we've got to the stage now where we we're at as well as looking at getting the thing I know it's going to be fine because as well as, make, as, med- as, well as having the, converse- the conversations about getting these bits to fit we are also having the conversations about these tiny little details yeah. that don't really yeah. matter much and everybody around the table wants a product that looks good yeah, I mean, this, this is going
0: to be something that is going to be hopefully uh, made and sold for many, many years to come, isn't it? I mean, at the end of the day, it's hopefully. it's quite likely going to become a, a one of the staple pieces of kit for a lot of people who are digitising nags. Yeah,
5: well, I mean, we're yeah, all wa- we're all waiting impatiently for it. I think. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> so to say. Oh, it's really good yeah. to see it coming along.
5: I didn't expect it to be a year.
0: You, <laughs> it's a Kickstarter. You n- nobody ever expects it to be as long as it takes no but you're nearly there now well yeah. it's good to see Hamish whilst I've got you here Hamish and you're on mic um, would you judge the uh, next round of the Cheap Shots Challenge for us it's people we know how
5: much you love people how many hours do you need to have me on for
0: oh I mean it will be an hour and a half of your time well spent yeah I'm sure I can do it. there you go as soon as we've got the pixelate question out your way you can safely come on now yeah <laughs> and you are the most people we were going to ask you to do it for the fashion round <laughs>
5: I got shouted down on that one, so I mean, Funny I don't enough. know why you, you know, yeah, no. Team. I mean, you can tell the way I dress. I am, you know, the peak of exactly, exactly peak of style.
0: <laughs> oh, lovely stuff! We've got a lot of fancy cameras on
5: the table today. Whose are all of these? The the the, the dickhead that bought the digital's me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and what what camera did this dickhead bring? That's Pentax uh, MX. Very nice. Mine. That's yours. Okay, so, I haven't met you, sir. I'm Chris. Please meet you, Chris. Hi. Um, Simon, Simon Forster, what did you bring with you today? Did you bring a eight by ten? Seems no, unlikely. It seems no, terrible. no,
2: no. There's a signar just outside, as I'm pointing, so everybody can see on the podcast. Um, <laughs> it's the one on the right there. It's the one on the right. Yeah, yeah there, they, there, they, there they you go. go. The
0: one next, the one on the left. Exactly, yeah.
2: exactly. And uh, there's a baby Rolly.
0: Very nice. Old baby
2: Rolly, though. Very, very, very cute. What are you shooting in there? Uh, Rarer pan, five hundred, uh, no, four hundred, four hundred ISO. Rare, apart from Japan.
0: Oh, where did you get that from? Japan. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, you know, we don't all have these fancy contacts. Um, very nice. Whose is the Hasselblad? <laughs> it's
5: not. It's not, mine. Uh, it's not mine. I can't believe you haven't honed it on this yet. Oh,
0: that's very nice. A Rico teleconverter. Whose is that,
5: handsome beast? Oh, look at that. That's a this piece is, of plastic goodness. This is the. This is the. This is the. Piece of quality. Um, point and shoot.
0: You're currently experimenting Perhaps. with the thirty five mm Yeah, yeah.
5: The M, the M was taking the mick out of me for on the <coughs> the one when we met up in the pub. Well, how dare he? I've seen uh, I... these have got absolutely the br- the lens in this is absolutely fantastic. It's just the rest of it is a lump of horrible eighties.
0: Yeah, I saw, I, I've never seen this camera before but I did see, randomly, that piece this sort of clip-on tele-conversion lens for this point-and-shoot camera but it was for a Fuji one so I'm guessing mm. there must have been a time when there are a few of these
5: uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah Rico did loads of them You can get, they do one for the the, the, the hole that clips on and holds a filter, uh, like is it just a filter thread Yeah but I haven't got that for this very nice. So, a uh, review upcoming
0: for the uh, 35 just i I've actually
5: reviewed the camera before. I'm just reviewing this piece of shite stuck <laughs> to the front of it.
0: Why do you do this to yourself?
5: I, you could ask me that question about most things that are to do with. Yeah, true, true. Yeah. Do you want to hear what it sounds like?
4: You ready? Yeah?
5: That's a good noise. <laughs> That
0: is a good 80s noise.
5: That is, that is an
0: announcement of pictures taken. Yeah, yeah. So have you had a go at doing a print here today? No, no. Are you
5: going to? No, Have you not. Have you even wandered as far as the dark shed? Oh, yeah, I've been in there. <laughs> I looked in there and loads of stuff. I don't know what it is. Okay. Oh, this is good. Have you ever done any printing yourself? Yeah, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> Once, I think twice. Not your bag, baby. I, one day, but, you know when you're old and retired. Yeah, yeah. Well, I haven't got another 400 million other things. The problem is, it's like, I, what well, I I know, well, because of the occasion I've done it, how much I would love it, but what I don't have is that thing that people who have diet rooms tend to have, which is time. Because mm. I know that people just, I would get, like I think most people talk about, lost in somewhere like that for hours and hours and hours. Yeah. And I haven't, I just don't, I'm not at a point in my life where I've got the time in my life to lose that much time in doing doing something like that so I just you know it's something I know when I did when I have on the occasion on the occasion I have done it really really enjoyed it Um I've done a d I've done I did a day in a dark room for AG with a uh, like a you know learn how to be in a dark room day Hmm. which was really good actually and then I did a little bit of contact printing like years and years ago some pinhole thingy that I had and thought it was ace on both occasions but yeah one yeah,
0: day. I think that's the one thing, isn't it? John was talking about the fact that you it, it is very easy to start printing, like you you can fudge your way through a lot of it. But the one thing is that it does take time, you can't do any of it quickly. No. it is not, it's not a fast process. You can't go, oh, I've got 20 minutes, I'm going to go in and bosh something out. It just doesn't work like that. No, no, but still, it's fun, even though yeah. the word today is horrible. It's been. Fun barbecue, dang. Yes. Um, Simon, whilst we've got you here, you've got a new co-host on the uh,
2: Classic Lenses podcast. We have. So who's joined you now? It's Perry G from Hong Kong and you uh, keep on moving that squirrel really, really close to me.
0: <laughs> I should, for the listeners, bit it, they should know that we spent some of our precious, precious coffee money on this fantastic um, wind deflector. Basically, it, it looks like we've given our <laughs> recording device a Tina Turner wick. I think that was your description, wasn't it? dead cat. dead cat, yeah. Um, and it looks great, and I think it makes us look much more professional when we thrust it in people's spaces. I like so. the fact that it's
5: a, it looks like it's... Um, looks like it's been bleached, like blonde, and then it's growing out.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: We, we, we literally looked for the most ridiculous ones we could find. There was <laughs> there was it. another one in the range, which was orange and black. Kind of similar thing, but that wasn't going to be here in time. So we went, oh,
2: we'll just go with blonde and black, you know, it's, it's a good look. So anyway, sorry, Simon. No, no, well, we have Perigee, and uh, he's actually got an article out in on 35MMC as we speak. Yeah. Um, because, uh, because Perry was out with his X pan and his uh, M six and his thirty five millimeter biogon because I have to talk lenses because that's why you talk to me about lenses. Um, I, said I talk to you at all? <laughs> no, no, <laughs> because you have to because I'm standing here. Um, yeah, so uh, but yeah, he was out uh, taking pictures of the recent. Uh, in fact, the, the the protests are still going on at the moment out there at the moment. So uh, he nearly got tear gas the other day, but know uh, yeah, we unfortunately he didn't carry on taking photographs after. To the tear gas went went out, but uh, you know we, we tried to get him to work a bit harder. But uh, I guess he, he didn't want to cry on on the on the recording. I <laughs> guess.
0: Yeah. So is that the article he's putting up on um, thirty five mmc today? I think or yesterday? Yeah. There you go. Go to thirty five m c. Yes. What's it called?
5: 35
0: <laughs> <MMC>. <laughs> yeah,
5: they were thirty five m c. Thirty five m c. Yeah. Very G gets tear on thirty five mmc It's um, protest photography in Hong Kong. Something with an X pan and a XR Something. <laughs>
0: Uh, and I have to be sorry, I'm terrible at following the news. Was, was the thing they were protesting against, the most recent um, release of uh, Hypersensitive <laughs>
5: <laughs> <laughs> was that what upset people? Well, yeah, I mean, way to sort of belittle human rights and all of that sort of things that they are actually protesting about, yeah.
0: I mean, I assume that that's, what, <laughs> oh, 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 that's what the protest was about. Yeah, I yeah, thought yeah. That, that was what the Hypersensitive photographers' Podcast was, yeah. of just belittling human rights. I mean, yes. potato, potato.
5: <laughs> yes, the protests were actually about human rights, weren't they? It's-
0: I, don't, I genuinely... <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah,
5: yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. yeah they, they, he's got the, one of the folk, I mean, you talked about it, they they talked about it on the Classic Lenses, but there was actually a, a not a not boring section of the Classic Lenses <laughs> podcast where they were...
3: Oh, God, do, you do you have a time code about, for that? <laughs> just so we can play on listeners too. <laughs>
5: um... <laughs> God, I'm an arsehole, aren't we? <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> the, 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 in all seriousness, a very interesting that's bit that's where they're talking good. about like dissecting this particular photo where that Perry took of like quite close quarters. Where there's some there's a lady in the foreground who's out of focus, uh, but despite the fact she's out of focus, it's I mean it's a, it is genuinely a fantastic shot that he took uh, with the Xpander kind of arm length arms length above him, and um, he's what they talk about on the podcast. He's Shown a bit of on this blog post about why the particular photo works—it fits with the golden ratio and diagonals,
2: yeah,
5: composition thing and some other thing on that. It's really, it is genuinely, genuinely a very good photo and genuinely interesting what he says in the post.
0: I really admire how much effort you're putting in trying to convince us that there's something genuinely interesting on the classic lenses podcast.
2: Would you like to uh, address what uh, Amy said? No, he's, he's, he's absolutely correct, and uh, and um, I, <laughs> I mean was it, it was really boring. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was. We we immediately followed. The, um, you more <laughs> than the sunny yeah. so. yeah. yeah. But we we, we, we this entire interview. Yeah, we immediately followed that section on uh, on protest photography. by we talking about flower photography and uh, um, bokeh photography. Which when I came here, actually, Amy said that was really good. That was really interesting too. So there's actually two sections. Of the classic legends podcast this week, that Havers actually thought was quite good.
0: Yeah. Well, there you go. two bits, which were not not deadly boring <laughs> what, a, what a wonderful endorsement.
5: And my my podcast actually, of course, is better than everybody else's here anyway.
0: See. So. It always amazes me that that keeps going. <laughs> <laughs> it amazes me that it
5: keeps going. Yeah. Yeah. People uh, listen to it. I mean, that's the that is the ridiculous thing. I mean, lo, lo, like. Quite a lot of people listen to it. I, I just, it just baffles me. Yeah.
0: You, Em, Em's mum, Em's <laughs> mum's friends, Em's mum's friends, four hundred <laughs> times. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> there's no accounting for any common sense. Oh God. Right, I'm going to turn this off. We've too many other <laughs> And we're back, listeners, Uh, just to wrap up. I hope you enjoyed that at least a little bit as much as we enjoyed being there on the day. And even though I didn't get to make a print myself uh, because there just wasn't time. I took some nags with me with good intentions, but um, there wasn't Despite time
1: being in. there until what, nearly 11 o'clock at night.
0: <laughs> the problem was I stayed with, the, yeah, as it's always, there's always some rowdies are up there drinking, partying the night away. And of course it was um, Hillary and Meredith who were there uh, printing away. And incidentally, as mentioned before, you should definitely go and check both of those guys out on Twitter because they both shared recently on their timeline pictures of the prints they made on their day um, and I we found there because we're good, we had a rate we found it so you'll find Meredith at Merry Mayhem, M-E-R-R-I and then Mayhem as you'd expect um, she made her prints actually, rate right? she weren't there so you wouldn't mm. know this from the negatives from some new 55 um uh, instant film Ooh, so you know with that wow. stuff, it's the peel apart and you get a yeah. negative and a positive and she made these prints from the negatives and that. So that was really cool having... that's
1: incredible yeah. how, how did you um, um, how did John put those into the um, negative holder did so you just um, use a larger larger frame?
0: Yeah, because they're four by five size. So, um, okay. had a perfect holder for that. So, that was quite a nice, easy one. And, um, and Hillary, she made her prints from these old negatives, as you mentioned before, from her dad's mm. camera. Um, they were weird sizes. I don't think we ever quite decided what size they were. I, mm. I think they must have been six by something, maybe six by four mm. or six by, um, some you, kind of
1: medium format.
0: Yeah, so you did have to use a, a bit of tape and um, optimism to hold those in place, but uh, they really came out really nicely as well. Some really lovely prints uh, from both those people, so do check those out. And you also reminded me, Rach, about something mm. else during the break. Do you want to tell us what that was?
1: Was it about the um, blog post from Analog Wonderland? Yes, okay. I was suddenly thinking, what did I say during the break? Um, Yes, so um, Analog Wonderland, Paul from uh, Analog Wonderland had uh, um, been in touch with John um, Whitmore at The Dark Shed and asked him to put together a uh, post from his experiences of running The Dark Shed and I think specifically our film Barbecue. Uh, event so uh, those should that post should be going out today as well along with I think probably photos that Steve Lloyd took uh, uh, and maybe some that Hamish took as well as like digital shots from the day quick snaps from the day Um, so if anybody uh, would like to go and have a little look at that I imagine that will be also getting posted out today on Thursday
0: yeah and you listeners you should go and look if for nothing else (laughs) but for the fact that in not all of the pictures, but in an awful lot of the pictures, you'll see our microphone with its new gonk hairdo. Oh, um, yes, that's true. <laughs> uh, which is great; it's popping up everywhere. Uh, I would, uh, I think, our microphone needs a name with that hat on. <laughs> so, if you want to send in <laughs> your net submissions for a name for our microphone with its fun hairdo, it's pretty great. Uh, oh, we're I like very that idea.
1: We, when we, yes, we should, um, we should give it its own little name tag or something. Yeah, That'd be brilliant.
0: Yeah. Perfect. So, uh, you know, get, get get back to us on that one, <laughs> and, and check out the blog post <laughs> to see exactly what. It it looks like you won't be disappointed it's the coolest looking microphone ever makes us look <laughs> way more professional um just want to finish up by saying a huge thank you to john and to amory for having us um if you want to go and see mm. the exhibition that sort of yes. kickstarted all of this uh, it's running for another week is it Rach?
1: Yeah, so um, if you go to Warwickshire Open Studios, um, that will basically tell you all about um, the whole um, project, if you like. So it's warwickshireopenstudios.org for that. Um, it's basically where a whole bunch of artists, 300 artists apparently, and there are 151 different venues for this summer's event. Um, basically, they open up their studios, they open up their homes, their Garages in John's case, the dark sheds, obviously, um, and uh, and kind of let the public come in, come along and actually have a look and see what independent artists, makers, creators are doing in Warwickshire. Uh, it's a fantastic event, um, and uh, I think it's been going on for a few years now. So um, this has been a fabulous um, chance to to go and see things that you might not normally get chance to. So you can go to that uh, website to see the overall project if you like, but. More importantly, you really want to go and see John Whitmore's uh, Own website which is johnwhitmorephotography.co.uk, and on his blog page, uh, he's got a post about the garage gallery, as he's called it, um, uh, which says, In what's been described by my partner as a modern day miracle, I've cleared out the garage and converted it into a gallery space for the open studios. So there we go. Um, He has a gallery exhibition um, up there uh, which shows uh, some shots of Sri Lanka and also of Coventry, which is the um, local city to him um and uh just generally have a fantastic time chatting to john about darkroom prints and and uh his lovely lovely work so it's on between june the 15th and the 30th um and i believe that the the gallery itself and i'm sure his dark shed as well um the public open for that is friday saturday and sundays between 10 and 5 but you just need to email um, to um, ask for a private view so that he knows to be in and make sure that the kettle's on basically or Amory, yeah. perhaps as well
0: <laughs> yeah and his pictures really are lovely and of course they're all home printed because uh, john does color printing as well as black and white which is a niche art so
1: exciting um, isn't yeah. it it's just beautiful to see i really love his work we actually bought one um, my dad uh, actually bless him treated me to one of john's prints oh that's lovely so he lovely. bought me um, bought me one of his beautiful prints which i have literally sitting here um, behind behind my laptop that i'm recording um, through at the moment and uh, yeah it's a lovely reminder from the day so uh, well worth going in, um and purchasing something and I think that's another really important thing to say just before we finish up that um, you know being able to do this kind of thing it's just polite isn't it you know go and buy just a postcard just a card there's a, a sort of campaign called just a card and it's about the idea of actually um there's a lot a lot of work that goes into making these fantastic pieces of artwork and we have to show how much we value it otherwise it won't be around so you know um one pound 50 for a postcard I think it is um starting price you can't grumble at that can you
0: No, you certainly can't. You certainly can't. Actually, one other thing that I'm just going to toss in here at the end because I Mm -hmm. nearly forgot about it. If listening to this show has inspired you and you think, you know what, actually, I really would like to have a go at doing some darkroom printing, we had Ian Fleming on the show quite some time ago mm-hmm. now, a few weeks ago, and um, Ian had an enlarger that he wanted to find a new home for. Now, we never got anybody getting in touch with us about it, so I'm going to give this one last shout out before it goes on eBay or to a dark room somewhere. Um, So Ian has got a thirty, a Miopter 35mm enlarger with a safe light and an easel and a lens, so it's like 90% of the setup you need for a simple darkroom, and he's happy to deliver within reason. So that's kind of like the southwest of England. But, you know, I'm sure we could figure things out. People can move around. But um, if you, like I said, were inspired by what you've heard and hopefully it's made you realise that actually... Just getting started is really easy. Making it, I've made darkroom prints. I'm a bona fide idiot. Therefore, you can do it. <laughs> Drop us yeah, a line. It's
1: a good point. Good point, actually. Like, you don't really need that much to set up a darkroom. Um, I, I mean, I've set up temporary darkrooms in a maintenance office, in a bunker, in a library, um, you know, in um, in a barn. <laughs> so it, you really, it doesn't need that much in order to make it work.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. So if that's of interest to you, if you think you could find a good home for this, then drop us a line here and we will forward that on to Ian. Um, And that will do us for this week. You can find us, as always, at Sunny16Podcast on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. And you can email us, whether it's with requests for Ian's finding Larger or just to let us know what you thought about the Darkroom Adventures or your own Darkroom Adventures at Sunny16Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we will play you out with the wonderful music of Rachel's band Roja uh, and pro- from the album Promises I Should Have Kept, uh, which is available on iTunes, Spotify, and Amazon and wherever the very finest of music is found. That's right, isn't it, <laughs> Rach?
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much. <laughs> uh,
0: and we will be back on Sunday with another episode of Backing Paper. So until then, listeners, goodbye.
2: Goodbye.